Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode 149 of the Talk is Cheap podcast, an NJ Advanced Media production on the Giants. I'm Ryan Dunleavy, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Steve Politti, who is filling in for Matt Lombardo, the usual co-host of this show, while Matt returns home to his roots to cover the Eagles' playoff run. We'd appreciate any five-star reviews for this podcast, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker, and of course, NJ.com. Steve, Eli Manning, talk. Wow. (laughs) That's an open-ended question, right? (laughs) I need more information. And that's really, I mean, that's really the answer. Like, I need more information. Like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. uh, you know, I wrote it the day of, uh, of Gettleman's press conference. I'm very rarely, like, surprised anymore. But, you know, just how that all came down between, you know, what Dave Gettleman said that day and his kind of non-answer, non-committal uh, approach to Eli Manning and then what Eli said later on that day on the radio, you know, I was a little surprised. I just assumed we were barreling toward a 2019, uh, you know, Eli part 16 here of his career. <laughs> Uh, and there's just enough doubt in my mind now that I wonder if that's the case. Yeah, I think there's enough doubt in Eli Manning's mind, which I thought was really fascinating listening to him on WFAN, his paid radio spot. Uh, he seems to want to play, and it almost seems like the Giants have all the leverage right now. Do you agree with that? It almost seems like the Giants get to tell Eli Manning whether he's welcome back to be the first player ever to play 16 seasons with them, whereas I thought – I kind of thought that Eli Manning dictated. I kind of thought Eli Manning ran the Giants, to be honest with you. You know, you're right. And I agree with you. They do have uh, the cards. And that's that's in large part because of who Eli Manning is. I mean, he's kind of made it very clear that he doesn't want to play someplace else. Uh, I don't, you know, if if they want him back, they're, they're, you know, there's no danger really of if they play hardball, ask for, or ask him to cut his, pay or or whatever you know he's he's not gonna it's just very there's no indication he's going to uproot his life and go to jacksonville or miami or someplace you know that that needs a quarterback uh and and i think giants also know there's probably not much of a market for him so uh, they've got those two things on their side that said someone's someone's got to play quarterback next year for the giants and they right now do not have another option so eli does have that part if he if he were to retire tomorrow it would certainly be an interesting scramble to see what the team comes up with. 
this you and I have had this debate in person and text. You just said it, so I'm going to interrupt. There's not much of a market for Eli Manning. Have you seen some of the quarterbacks who play in the NFL? Uh, why would I mean? Look, I'll put aside the fact, and we, look, Eli Manning's having a, a son. He's going to have four little children who he wants to raise in Jersey. Apparently, his family uh, jokes with him all the time about how he's been New Jersey ties, and like this is his home. He's a Northerner now and whatnot. But could you, if he doesn't want to play somewhere else, that's fine. But you're going to tell me no one else would want Eli Manning? I mean. Have you seen – this is the same league where like Nathan Peterman starts games, Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson just started games. I mean look at the quarterbacks the Giants beat this year. It's a who, It's a who's who of should not be starting in the NFL. And Eli Manning, no one's going to call him if he's available. I find that hard to believe. Well, he, he's 38 and he's, he is a bottom third quarterback now. And I, I, I know Giants fans go crazy when, when you say things like that. But, you know, ba- <laughs> it's a passing league. Uh, he's extremely immobile. Uh, you know, he, he's <laughs> watched the last season. I know he had his best, uh, passing percentage season somehow, but we watched the last game against the Cowboys. How many short throws he missed? Uh, he gets sacked a lot. He still makes, he still makes turn. He turns the ball over a lot. I don't know. I mean, my, my, my feeling is though that if you're gonna, I mean, if you're going to bring him in as a quarterback, you've got to be a team that is built you know, to win now that you need, you need a game manager who can, who can be plugged in, who can, you know, push or put, bring him over the edge. Why would a team like Jacksonville? Why would a team, I mean, if you're, if you're building toward the future, why, why would you take Eli Manning? That, that's, that's the question I would have right now, uh, for most of the teams who need a quarterback. You know, what, uh, what benefit is it for the Washington Redskins to have, to, to, to you know, to sign a 38 year old Eli Manning at this point? Uh, to, so that the Redskins who were in first place when Alex Smith got injured, uh, clearly have a team that's capable of, you know, winning this, uh, division. So why, why not sign Eli man? Why not? Why not? Why start over with drew Locke or somebody when Adrian Peterson's not getting any younger, your defense isn't getting any younger. Why not go with the guy who maybe can bridge the gap for you the way, you know, Joe Flacco is going to bridge the gap for somebody uh, as soon as next year. I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, to, to me, to me, if you're a team that's close, maybe like the Jaguars were last year or like the Redskins might be, I don't know. I, I would call him Eli Manning. I would. Yeah, I mean, I, he, you're right. You're right in saying he's an upgrade, obviously, over a Mark Sanchez yeah. or, or Colt McCoy or whatever. But I mean, you know, it, the other part of it is, who would you rather have? If you're if you're the Redskins, you had a chance to sign a free agent quarterback. Would you go? Would you take Eli Manning, or would you take Nick Foles, or would you take Teddy Bridgewater? Which which of the quarterbacks on the market would you roll the dice on? That's that, a, that, that's another yeah. good. You know, is would he be the top right now? If he were if the Giants, cut him tomorrow. Would he be the top quarterback on the market? He'd be the top quarterback on the market right now, tomorrow. But then, if you add Nick Foles to the market. I'd rather have Nick Foles, caveat being you might have to trade for Nick Foles, whereas you wouldn't have to give give anything up for him. I'd rather have Eli Manning right now than – would I rather have him than Joe Flacco? I think I probably would. I did a, I did a, six years younger, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that. Yeah, he he's four years younger. Uh, I think four years younger. Uh, you know, they've had remarkably similar careers. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco actually has more playoff wins than Eli Manning, which I thought was surprising. I did How about that. Did a pretty mm-hmm. thorough breakdown on their careers. Their career averages are strikingly similar. They're they're pretty much the same guy with Eli having one more Super Bowl. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater's the wild card because he's so much younger, but 
hasn't really played in so long. I mean, we're talking one start in three years or something like that. So uh, he's kind of the wild card to this whole thing. And he wasn't great before he got injured. He was a first-round pick, but he wasn't great. So he's really the wild card in this whole thing. Let me ask you this, Steve. Fill in the blank. The longer this goes on, the more likely blank happens. And March 18th of this year, the Giants owe Eli Manning a $5 million roster bonus. The Giants aren't exactly smart with money, but you would think that that's in, uh, we think that's some sort of soft, hard, uh, some sort of hard deadline. March 18th, they're not going to pay him $5 million and cut him after that. So right, right. the longer this goes till March, uh, the more likely blank happens. I think it's the more likely Eli Manning is your your starting quarterback when training camp begins. I think that's I think that's the the most likely scenario. Uh, if they're going to bring in, you know, I I went through all the different scenarios right now. I, I, you did. You created top. like your own fan duel odds kind of thing. <laughs> I did. If only you could gamble on these things. Steve Politi uh, AG. Exactly. That's going to be my second career. When this really <laughs> Uh, so if you, if I think it's highly unlikely. I give it a 1% chance that he would play someplace else. So I'm going to rule that out. Uh, I also think it's highly unlikely the Giants will just cut him. I just don't think that's how it's going to work out with Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl MVP. So then you're looking into, okay, he, he's going to be on the roster. Uh, are they going, are they going to renegotiate a con- the contract with him? I think that's a possible scenario where, where they, you know, would they don't want that 23 million, whatever, $17 million cap hit. Uh, you know, they, they would do something to, uh, get some relief considering all the needs they have in, uh, on this roster right now. So that, that's a scenario. I think that would be the most, most likely thing. And then you wonder, okay, you, you can't go, at least I don't think the giant, based on what Dave Gettleman said, I don't think they can go or they're planning to go into another season with Alex Tanny. And a Kyle Loretta, two guys who have no chance of playing. Who have no, you know, no they don't chance. think they, they don't think they, they they're not going to go into another season where that that is the quarterback room. So then, what's the most likely scenario to add a quarterback? And I still think it is bringing in a veteran guy like Bridgewater or you know, finding someone who is more than a stopgap, an act someone who can actually compete for the job. Because, and this is obviously going to be the next topic we're going to talk about. I still think it's going to be very hard for them to draft his successor at number six. Yeah, there we go. That that is that's what they call a segue in this business. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> yeah. you don't have to be radio trained like us to uh, to understand a segue. So number six, the news obviously big news this week is Dwayne Haskins, uh, Ohio State's quarterback for one season, uh, New Jersey native, from, grew up in Highland Park. Um, has declared for the NFL draft and the Giants are sitting there at number six and the top three teams in the NFL draft definitely have their quarterback of the future with the Cardinals and Josh Rosen, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo and the Jets and Sam Darnold, who the Giants passed on last year. And no, I cannot mention him without saying that afterwards. So the co- <laughs> it's contractually an obligation. It's a contractual obligation. Yes. So uh the Raiders at number four could be the wild card if they move on from Derek Carr. The Buccaneers at number five could be a wild card if they move on from Jameis Winston. But really we're talking about the Giants are the first team that 
could really need a quarterback. Will Haskins slip to six? That rarely happens. The top quarterback usually goes within the first three picks. So then somebody's going to trade up. Will that be the Giants? Will that be the Broncos? Will that be the Jaguars? Will that be the Dolphins? Will that be the Redskins? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Steve, are they going to get Haskins at number six? No, I don't think so. And it's funny because, you know, as much as I've, uh, and believe me, I've only written it 432 times that the Giants should have taken Sam Darnold. And then it became, it became much harder to have that position based on how great Saquon Barkley was. But still, Saquon Barkley did, you know, there's a reason why quarterbacks are valued so highly. They had one of the three best running backs in the league and still went five and 11, the Giants. So that, yeah. that's, that's the point. And the, and there's a, you know, we could talk about this again for another podcast, but so my point, but, but it would be interesting if they did get him at number six, then the Giants, the Giants have won this, right? There's, they have, yeah. they got the running back they needed, the best running back in the draft, the player they want, and they got the quarterback of the future of the next year. So it would kind of end the debate no matter what Sam Darnold does. I just don't think it's going to happen at six. It's just, History tells you that this kid, and I, you know, I got a chance to watch, I get a chance to watch him in Ohio State. You watch him on TV, you see you know, what he can do, and you just, you just feel like he's, he's got a, such a high ceiling. All the entire skill set, mobile, strong arm, accurate. I mean, I think he's going to become, you know, when they go through the combine, when they go through the, the process, that someone's going to fall in love with him and will trade up to get him. And that's just, that's just always what happens. If it's not the, if it's not, you know, one of the teams you mentioned ahead of, uh, ahead of the Giants, that someone's going to make that move. And from what we've seen from Dave Gettleman, he's not inclined to be the guy who does that. You know, he, there's very little in his draft history to suggest that he's going to be the one to trade up to, uh, you know, to mortgage assets and to, to make a move like that. And, and based on his own, what he says about drafts overall too, is that he doesn't draft for need, which is, I mean, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing he says all the time too. If you yeah. just drafting for need, you're going to make a mistake. So I think it's unlikely that they're going to get this kid. Do you think they're afraid to draft the next quarterback? Afraid of making a mistake? Afraid of ending up in quarterback purgatory? Do you think they are, from Mara to Gettleman to Shermer, do you think the Giants are afraid to pick a quarterback? Really? We've seen right, all these quarterbacks. You see yeah. how often like the Bengals screw up a quarterback or the Browns screw up a quarterback? Or well, Do you think the Giants are afraid? That's a, I mean, I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, it's just, you know, Gettleman doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who, you know, I mean, he he, he's, he was telling us in his, uh, in, our, in his press conference that he was defending moves that are indefensible, essentially. That, yeah. you know, I mean, so he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who has a lot of uh, you know, <laughs> fear or indecisiveness is much of a problem for him. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't think fear is the right word. Uh, you know, I think last year it was a, it, it was a combination of love for Barkley and, and uh, a little bit of stubbornness <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, and over maybe overvalue, you know, overestimating what Eli Manning's total left in the tank. Uh, you know, uh, this time around, yeah, that would if 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 they're scared to do it, they shouldn't be in the business. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think there's some fear there. I really do. I think there's some. And look, that's a scary word because, like you said, if you're afraid, you shouldn't be in the business. But I do think there's some fear there. I mean, Gettleman, everywhere he's worked, the quarterback has been there before he got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Elway with the Broncos, or. Cam Newton with the Panthers or go back 20 years to or 30 years to Jim Kelly with the Bills. I mean, Eli Manning with the uh, Giants, he, he, you know, the Giants drafted him after Gettleman arrived, but obviously he wasn't calling the shots then. Um, so I do think there might be a sense of like, 
he's a 67 or 68 year old general manager. He made it clear last year that he wants to win. Now he doesn't want to do a huge rebuild. He always talks about walking the tightrope between setting up the giants for the future and trying to win. Now Uh, it's a win now business, right? We saw Steve Wilkes got fired after one season. I mean, it's a win now business. So do I think that he's afraid? I mean, I, I think he is, very aware let's put it wary how about that how about wary instead of the word afraid i think he's very wary of the mistake very aware of the ramifications that a mistake could make and that you know on the risk reward right we all do this in life whether it's should i have this steak for dinner or uh should i take should i should my family go to the shore or take a trip to cabo uh we all do the risk reward pro con list and i i think gettleman always when he does it comes up with more cons than pros right. to drafting well you, you could make the argument certainly that he did take the one player he knew was most likely to make him look good <laughs> right away Correct. you know Correct. Very, there was no doubt no one no one came out of that uh draft saying that saquon barkley wasn't going to be a great player it was kind of the one known in the entire thing so yeah and those and each one of those quarterbacks last year and this was this was a, a quarterback class everyone agreed was great, like a, a considered to be a great one. And still, you know, there were questions about Mayfield. There were questions about Darnold. There's still questions about Josh Allen and then and, and that entire class. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly, uh, and that'll be the case this time. In fact, there were more questions, you know, for, for ah, as talented as Haskins is. And I, I get it. I, I mean, believe me, I love it. Although I, I have a trouble evaluating college players because I see them against Rutgers and everyone looks really <laughs> good. Like, I, I this, is, this is an aside. But I made my first my first legal bet on Buffalo in their bowl game because I saw Buffalo up like 36, 35 to six with an NFL quarterback and NFL receiver. I'm like, oh, my God, Buffalo is only they're, they're, they're legitimately great. They're only two and a half point favorites over Troy. Well, Troy curb stomped them, of course, because <laughs> this is not a good thing. You shouldn't base everything on one game against Rutgers. Anyway, that's an aside. But uh, you're a sucker. You're a sucker. You're a sucker. That's it. You're a sucker. So, so I think Haskins is really good based on. But I did watch him against real opponents too. Good opponents too. Yeah. Uh, and but still, he's not as proven as. I mean, he's he, certainly not as Baker Mayfield. He's not as proven as Arnold. No. So I mean, there's a lot of questions there. No. Too. And below him, and this is the way we get into if if the Giants decide they do want to draft the quarterback and can't get Haskins, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what happens to a Daniel Jones and what happens to a Drew Do Rock. not do it. But do, do not yeah, do Yeah, I mean, that's a group. Do not. Do, are those guys there? I mean, you know, you know later? Yeah, do not do it. I will be pulling my hair out, screaming. I mean, anybody who was in the press room, Steve, can tell you that I did this last year. I did this last year. I was in the press room screaming. <laughs> When the Giants picked Kyle Aletta last year, <laughs> you have Davis Webb. Right. You had Davis Webb. You picked Davis Webb in the third round. Yeah. And then you picked Kyle Aletta in the fourth round. So I wrote at the time, I wrote the day of the draft. I should have believed myself that there was no way they could go into the regular season with Eli Manning and two guys who had never taken a regular season snap. I wrote it and then I talked myself out of it over the next four months. And then sure enough, we were all surprised on cutdown day when Davis Webb got cut because you can't go into the season with two guys who have never taken a snap. So if you're going to pick Daniel Jones or uh, Indiana Jones. I don't care. You cannot pick another mid-round <laughs> quarterback. Mid-round. You can't. be a late first round. I mean, Drew Locke could be a first-round pick. I mean, the guy, the guy was a, an excellent. So then you'd have to trade up. 
So then you'd have to trade or, up right. from trade back. <laughs> 30, 30 or trade back. Yeah, well, he ain't trading yeah, back. Dave Gettleman's yeah, not going to trade. You'd have to trade up from late second round to from early second round to late right. first round to get. Sure, I guess that fine. If you're telling me Drew Locke in the late first round, fine. But Ryan Finley yeah. or Will Greer or somebody yeah. in the second round, stop. Yeah. Stop. Either go all either go all in or go all out. Do not stop with the Davis Webbs and the Kyle Lalettas. Either pick your guy or do not pick your guy. To to pick on a team I I'm sorry, you got me going now. On a team that has no depth. I mean no depth. I mean they are still trot, they are trotting out undrafted free agents left and right. On a team with no depth to pick a to waste another mid round pick. How much would you like to see instead of Davis Webb? How would you like to see a, uh, that third round pick be used on a free safety to play next right. to Landon Collins instead of Curtis <laughs> instead of Curtis Riley? How instead of Kyle Laletta, if you're already giving up on Kyle Laletta, like it seems like the Giants have after five passes, uh, how would you have liked to seen a right tackle so that Eric Flowers didn't have to start the season at right tackle and then go to Chad Wheeler uh, who tries hard? That's about the nicest thing I can say. Um, in, how would you like those two guys, a free safety and a right tackle? Stop picking quarterbacks in the middle of the rounds when you can pick, get value starters. Stop it. Pick a guy, pick Haskins, pick Darnold, pick Tua Tovigliaska next year. Stop picking and mid round quarterbacks. That's been the discussion the entire time with the, with the quarterback. It's, you know, it, you know, it's a lottery pick to get a guy in the late rounds. It really is. It's just, you know, you might get lucky, yeah. but you don't get lucky off. So that, that's very good. Yeah. But I will say this, you know, to uh, the, the bigger point, the Giants are going to have 11 draft picks. So uh, yeah. that's that if they, if they can't hit on some depth players this year at, or if they can't use, I know a lot of them, you know, nine of them are third day picks. I get it. But if they can't use some of them to, to make a move to move up to get someone, you know, I, this, this seems like the kind of draft where, you know, the, that this team should be, uh, well positioned should be thinking about moving. You know, I mean that it's it, it it is an opportunity there. So I mean, I'm not again. I don't I, I don't think you should pick someone again in the fourth round and and cross your fingers. But if one of those if one of the other quarterbacks there late in the first round, I don't know. Be interesting. Late in the first round, I'll give you. I'll give you. Um, look, they have three uh, now, and the reason for anybody who missed it this week. Uh, Giants are projected by the overthecap.com, which is ex excellent at this, uh, to get two more compensation picks based on free agency last year. In other words, the Giants did poorly in free agency, so here's two draft picks to make up for it. Um, uh, uh, supposed to get a fourth rounder and a fifth rounder, so that would leave them with three fourth rounders and three fifth yeah. rounders. They have no third rounder. You got to think Gettleman's going to package some of those six picks in the fourth and fifth rounds to get back into the third round. I would assume that that's I would mark that down as almost a definite. Um, so he'll get in the third round. He'll end up with, you know, a first, a second, a third. Um, and then, you know, like you said, maybe they move up from 38 overall into 30 like the like the Ravens did this year to get Lamar Jackson. There's value, Steve, that we should mention this. There's value in picking a quarterback late in the first round versus the second round because it comes with a fifth year contractual option. So you get a fifth year of control if you pick a quarterback 32nd overall versus 33rd overall. It's the reason Landon Collins is a free agent right now. The Giants have to face this decision 
a year quicker than they should because Landon Collins was the first pick of the second round and not the last pick of the first right. round. So, um, so 11 picks, uh, they obviously need to bulk, uh, do, what, what is their biggest need for me? It's offensive <laughs> tackle, right tackle. What do you yeah, think their I, I biggest need is yeah, putting quarterback aside? Right. I mean, I th- obviously, yeah, quarterback, but after that, I, I totally agree. That it's gotta be upgrading the offensive line. Uh, if that's if that's one A, then one B is a pass rusher, and if that's what or three, oh, right or three, and if that and this is a great draft, and that's another reason why I think well maybe they maybe won't take a quarterback. This is a great draft for that for defensive linemen by all accounts. Uh, and then if you're going to go one C, I'm still I'm going to I'm going to put that you know safety help. I you know I I, I just no, think yeah. that the Giants lost games this year because of that. You know, like usually you don't think about you don't think about that, but this season could have been a lot different if Curtis Riley <laughs> could take a good angle on a on a long play. It's yeah. it's funny when you like well, it comes down to something as simple as that, but there are a couple of games where yeah. that made just about all the difference. So um, those yeah. would be my three big needs. You where else do you see it? Yeah, I think those. I think you hit on the three big ones. Uh, safety. I'll, I'll expand safety to to corner two to secondary as a right. whole. Uh, we don't know if Janoris Jenkins will be back or if he'll be a salary cap. What casually. do you do with Janoris Jenkins? That's kind of like a fascinating question because I thought just just for sure he was a goner, but Shermer likes him, and the money they're paying him isn't crazy. I mean, what do you think? Well. Well, you know what, Steve? Let's let's. Th- I'm going to throw a curveball at you, but it's a familiar curveball. It's like a hanging curveball. <laughs> um, we did not discuss this, but anybody who has followed Steve and I's podcast history knows we like to play a little go- game called True or False. I'm going to throw some True or False at Steve. He gives me a one-word answer. Then we'll come back and discuss what's interesting. I'll answer as well. I like it. I like, true I like being on the other side of this, too. Yes. I'll, I'll answer as well, though. True or False. Janoris Jenkins is on the Giants 2019 game one, week one. <laughs> I cut, I, you know, I've come, I've got 180 on this. I think it's true. Uh, I agree. I think it's true. Olivier Vernon is on the Giants 2018 game one. That one I think is false. I agree. I think that's false too. Eli Manning is on the Giants 2018 game one roster. True. I agree. I think that's true. Um, the Giants, uh, Odell Beckham is on the oh. Giants 2018, uh, 2009. I keep saying 18, I think 2019 game one roster. It, true. Absolutely. <sighs> Where are they going to? I mean, come on. Yeah, I say true. I say true. I'm, I'm, I say true. How many trades? Um, this is what I let our friend Matt wrote. Uh, we'll get, hold on. We'll okay. get there in okay. a sec. Uh, the, the, the Giants f- finished the season with this starting offensive line or, you know, if everybody healthy, it was Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Jamon Brown, and Chad Wheeler. Three of those guys will be in the game one starting lineup next. Oh, year. wow. Three is the right number to ask. I definitely, I mean, obviously two, uh, they're going to, they'll, they'll center will be different and the right tackle will be different, I think. So I'm going to go true-ish, right? <laughs> true. So, so that would be. So yes, you would say yeah. true. So you're saying Jam- you're saying Jamon Brown returns as right guard. Basically. Yeah, and obviously, uh, like the guy's name I can't pronounce it. Who was injured early on as center would you know, John Halapio. Sorry, Halapio will be back, uh, and they'd have to yeah. find someone else to play right tackle. That would be my would be my guess. Uh, I, I'm going to say false. I'm going to say we're going to disagree. I'm going to say th- it's two guys are back and they have three new starters: just Hernandez and Solder. Really. Okay. So at 
as starters. I, I, I could see Spencer Pulley back on the team. I, I just don't see right. him as a right. starter. So uh, I could see Chad Wheeler on the team. I don't see him as a starter. Um, do you want to throw any true false at me? <laughs> no, true or false, the, the Giants win eight games next year. Oh, uh, true. You think they're going to win eight? So they'll be in a, they'll be yeah. in position for true or false. They'll be in a position yeah. for a playoff, That's, competing for playoffs next year. They'll be competing for playoffs. True, true, true or false? The Giants win nine games no, next false. year. False. No, I don't think false. I, don't, okay. Okay. I think eight might be pushing yeah. it. Uh, to be honest. I, I, I give them. I have. I, I think the Giants are an eight and eight team yeah, next right, year. That's right. that's kind of that's that. They upgrade. They upgrade the defense. True or false? Mike Shula and James Betcher are the 2019 offensive coordinator, uh, offensive and defensive coordinator. Uh true, true. I don't think Shermer is the kind of guy that's going to shake it up for the sake of shaking it up. Uh, I say. I really? say false. Hmm. I say. I say Betcher's back. Shula. Who who, who so. replaces Shula? Somebody who is more familiar with uh, Schirmer. Okay. If, Ke- if Kevin Stefanski does not get a head coaching job with the Browns, which could happen any minute, uh, yeah. if uh, you know somebody else from his Eagles or Vikings background who shakes free, uh, that would be that would be my guess. Let's revisit some of these. Um, Janoris Jenkins, I think he's back because I just I think the way the NFL has played today, you need a top cornerback. And is Janoris Jenkins maybe a little overpaid? I think his cap hits fourteen million dollars. He might be a little he might be a little overpaid, but you're not finding anybody. You're not take you're not taking on seven million of dead money and then finding anybody f- who can play as well as he does for under seven million dollars. So now you're talking about spending more than fourteen. Say you find somebody who's better for ten. Well, seven million dead for Jenkins plus ten million for the next guy. That's seventeen million. I just think, from a financial standpoint, I think Janoris Jenkins is right. back because I don't think you, I don't think you can get anybody to play as well as he does. For I just don't think money. he's a top corner. <laughs> you said, can you get anybody at a better price? Maybe not, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. He he had some moments, but a top corner is a consistent player, and he was not a consistent player. I mean, that's you know, that's. Yep, consistency is definitely his issue. I, I mean, I saw him shut down Michael Thomas of the Saints, who was the first team All Pro, and then I saw him give up touchdown passes to guys whose names I can't even Marvin Jones or yeah. Marvin Hall yeah. or something on the Falcons. I mean, uh, definitely wildly inconsistent. But Giants don't really have it. I mean, this is part of trading Eli Apple, uh, having B.W. Webb as a free agent. And they don't really have another corner. They have a lot invested in Sam Beal who was a supplementary draft pick. The reason they don't have a third rounder in the 2019 NFL draft. And he practiced once and got injured. Right. Uh, literally his first NFL. What is this? Fun? That's a great all. question. We have not heard a lot about him. What is your sense? And what would, you know, what is he going to be back in, 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 in the starting lineup when, when the season begins? Yeah, I think he will. But I mean, I think he told Sam Beal told me he'll be ready for like the mini camps and OTAs and that kind of stuff. So I'll have a whole season of practice. He did a lot this season in the meeting rooms with preparing game plans and mental. But again, that's that only takes you. So it's nice. It's nice. Better than doing nothing, but better than eating hot dogs all day. But uh, yeah, that only takes you so far. He needs to get on the practice field. I know a lot of people who know Sam Beal. I know it's just randomly through my college football connections. I know a lot of people who know Sam Beal who swear he's a he's a good fit for the defense the way the Giants want to play it. Who's he's competitive as all heck. Uh he is he'll be a good NFL player. He'll study, he'll practice hard and whatnot, but he's still gonna be a rookie even if that's the case. So 
Indeed. Um, Odell Beckham. You well, chuckled. yeah. And the uh, point being, I mean, I, I, we, Matt Lombardo, our colleague, wrote a column that they should call the 49ers and consider trading him for the number two pick, which is one of those, you know, sound, sounds great in theory uh, type things. But players like him, I mean, th- deals like that are just they're not very common. You know, it's just, and I get the idea that he's not, he is not what a Schirmer slash Gettleman player, but I mean, <laughs> you know, he's still a yeah. extremely talented receiver. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, he's, it's just hard to imagine giving up, giving up on him at already at this stage. Uh, although, as you pointed out, and this is a, your column on him was interesting as well, just about uh, his health issues. You wonder if that is the one thing that's stuck in the back of your their minds. All right, well, we're not going to have him for 16 games. If he's going to be out five of them, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's incentive to trade him. But it's just, uh, it's just hard to imagine pulling off a deal like that. You think it's possible? I, I look, I think it's possible. I, I don't know if the 49ers would do it, but that would be my baseline for the job. You, you give me the number two pick or we're not even having a discussion because the number two pick theoretically should get you Dwayne Haskins. Could you then lose Dwayne? Has- could somebody trade up to one and you lose him? Yeah, I guess that would be a real kick in the face. But uh trading for number two, assuming Nick Bosa goes to the Cardinals, number one, trading up to two would get you Haskins and then you could still pick a Rashawn yeah. Gary or a, or a, you know, uh, Quinn and Williams, or you'd still get your pass rusher or your lineman or a Jonah Williams for the offensive line. You'd still get that guy plus right, Haskins. Right. And so, then, yeah. and who's, um, your, who's the receiver? But then, exactly. <laughs> then, then you're one. You saw how that worked when the guy, I mean, Cody then, Latter yes. is a nice player. That's a nice guy. And he's some players, but I mean, you know, it, uh, correct. You're, you're really handcuffing your Dwayne Haskins by trading Odell Beckham. I would exactly. love to have so, seen what, and this is this is always my uh, thing with. And uh, again, you look at what Eli did, and it, it, the numbers the numbers are good for him this year, better than they've been in the last few years. But watching those games live, the number of times you look down, and you're like, "Oh my God, Beckham is wide open!" And the ball is going, uh, the ball is going to Barkley or to you know to yeah. to tight end short. I it, it would be it yeah. really you know like. We we joke about it and and how you know uh, just how his personality Beckham he, he he's a locker room problem but I mean I, I could see how you'd lose your mind if you're him sometimes yeah. <laughs> he totally yeah. lose your yeah. mind uh, yeah look I get I mean the. Uh, the, there's no way to quantify that, right? There's no stat for like somewhere in some analytics there probably right. is, but I've never seen like missed open targets. Like that's, that's the stat I want. Cause I think that's what really summarizes Eli Manning's struggles this year is the amount of guys he didn't see or like was reluctant to, was reluctant to try to make the throw who took the safer throw rather than this yes. throw. And, uh, that from our view, our vantage point in the press box is really the advantage that we have over people watching on TV. They, they hear a lot of the commentary. They even sometimes get injuries before us, but our eye in the sky view really gives us a great look. It's what they call the all 11 view where you can really see a play uh, develop and you can see a guy running open down the middle that Eli Manning just does right, not or, see. Yeah, or is not willing to make the throw to him. Well, let me, let me reverse this question to you. If you are the San Francisco 49ers, is that a good deal for you? Yes, I think so. I have the cap space for him. I have a team I think can He's win. He's five years into I his have... career, though. So you're taking the you know, number two pick. If you got a guy, you get a guy, you get an extra, get an extra five years out of it, the guy, that guy in the theory. The, 
there's no receiver as as unfortunately as the Jets are learning. There's no receiver worthy of that kind of pick. It's a stretch to take the kid from Arizona State that high. Uh, there's no receiver there. There's no real receiver in free agency. The Jets of 49ers have the same problem. Uh, there's no real receiver to chase that. So if you're trying to win now, and I think the 49ers are, I mean, they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to like a zillion dollar contract. Yeah. Uh, you got to give him a weapon. I think if you give him Odell Beckham, who wants to be in California, he, he hides that. I mean, he wants to be there more than like Snoop Dogg wants to be there. <laughs> I don't so, know that he wants um, to be in that part of California, a big state, but okay. All right. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, Closer yeah, than yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> Closer to the, yes, exactly. So, uh, in warmer weather, yes. I'd like to be so, in California. Uh, could the 49ers no, you know, trade yeah. for me? Be good. Yeah, the the San Francisco. What is it? Why am I? What am I? The Chronicle. The Chronicle called. They offered me. They offered me their columnist for you, but I turned it down. I, he said he wouldn't do podcasts That's in nice. a pinch. Thank so, you. Yeah, so, so yeah. So I had to turn it down. But. um Anyway, yes, I think uh, for the 49ers, it makes sense. I would take the phone call, but I don't see it happening. But I, again, what I came back to is I'm for Odell Beckham. I think the new normal is 14, 13, 14 games. I just think that's who he is called. Maybe he overexerts himself and leaves him open to injury. Maybe he plays so hard that he can't not get injured. Maybe he doesn't you know, brace himself for tackles. Maybe it's a, maybe it's all a bunch of positive things for why he's injury prone. I'm not accusing Odell Beckham being soft. I want to make this perfectly clear. I think he plays as hard as anybody in the NFL, but I think he's injury prone. And that's one of the worst things you can be uh, labeled as in your professional career. I just think he's, it's got, it's got to be a factor and factor into this. Absolutely. And I will, I will agree that, you know, I think the giants saw, what they want their offense to be. <laughs> they want it to be yeah. a lot of Saquon Barkley. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just a sort of a fascinating dilemma because he is, he is way too talented. We're approaching. So we'll wrap this up with this, Steve. Year one, Gettleman, Shermer. I'll take them one at a time. We're approaching Shermer's one year anniversary of his hiring. What, uh, how do you think they did? I don't know if you want to give me give them a letter grade or um, just wrap up for me how you think Gettleman did in his first year. How you think Sherman? Did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I'd give them both a, a C minus. I mean, I think you grade them together. I don't think they're they're that different than what they you know they didn't they certainly didn't turn this team around. I mean, you could argue that the roster's in better shape than when Gettleman took over, but that's certainly a low bar to clear. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes in free agency. The early approach, I, I laugh at the idea now where, you know, we're talking about bringing in you know, Jonathan Stewart and very, well, this, this was just to improve the locker room. Really? I mean, uh, I mean this stuff like, Three and a half million okay, dollars. Right. Yeah, it's just a lot of money to the locker room improvement. And, you know, the guy wasn't in there for, for so that it's just stuff like that that make you scratch your head. Uh, you know, Shermer, I mean, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot I like about him. I thought he, I like, I like some of the aggressiveness and some of the fourth I down agree. calls. And, you know, I, I mean, I thought the, I thought the offense was certainly better. I mean, there's no arguing. It was definitely better. Um, yeah. you know, uh, but, but, there's this, there's a side of him too that it was just, you know, 
a little too thin skinned with the media, a little, you know, some in game head scratching decisions. And just, you know, one, one game we were going with the, the new, the new NFL math says you got to go for two when you're down by eight. And the next game, we're just riding a hunch, you know, just, just stuff like, you know, just stuff that made you go, wait, well, just a little consistency yeah. with that. The defense took a – I mean, as much of the offense improved, the defense was terrible. And I know it's not – he's a defensive coordinator, but he's head coach. So he gets – he gets great, he yeah, gets yeah. On that. On so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to make me think uh, – nothing to make me think that he's going to be the next Bill Parcells and, and uh, Meadowlands, but certainly nothing to make me think the Giants would do anything but, you know, give him, give him the whistle next year and see what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll go a little – more polarizing. I give De- Gettleman a D. really. Uh, I just I I don't think. I mean, I think he, he got caught making changes for the sake of change. No one has been able to explain to me why they like cut Andrew Adams and Darian Thompson for Curtis Riley. Why yeah. they cut Dante? Why they cut Dante Dion for uh for Cameron Moore? Like why Evan Brown was on the roster, 53 man roster for 16 games and never took a snap. Um, why they cut Davis Webb. Uh, I just, there were a lot of things I thought he'd made changes just for the sake of last year was such a disaster. We have to clean it up. So he made change for the sake of making change. I thought, uh, to, to, he's harsh in that draft though, isn't it? I mean, but is it given free agency? Who was his best free agent signing? Dollar for dollar. I mean, it was Nate Solder, but dollar for Uh, dollar. That's tough. Michael, Michael Thomas. It was Michael. Yeah. So as good as he was in the draft, I think is as bad as he was in free agency. So I'll give him a D and Shermer, I'll give him a C plus. I, like I said, I like a lot of the things I saw from Shermer, mostly how he got the guys to play hard. I liked his play calling. I liked his uh, creativity with the plays. I liked his aggressiveness. Uh, I liked the way he ran the locker room. I liked the respect he commands. Uh, the num- my number one complaint with him would be his public persona. Um, just kind of, it can't be questioned on anything. It's it, it's not a good look. Why he cares what fans think or why he cares what Ryan Dunleavy thinks or any of the media, it's, it's strange. I mean, just have some conviction, stick with it. And when somebody asks you to explain something, just explain it. I mean, whether we agree with you or not, just tell us what you were thinking. We don't, assume, don't act like the idea of the other side of the coin is crazy. There's a reason coins have two sides. So just explain why you picked what you picked. So uh, I he has the 10th. This is a stat, Steve. He has the 10th worst career winning percentage of any coach in NFL really? history. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So with, with with at least 50 games, he'll he has 49 right now. So, you know, he'll fi- the season opener will be his 50th game. He'll either fall to like tied for the eighth worst or if they win he'll go to like 13th worst uh either way it ain't good but i do think there's some promise you can't go solely by career record especially his stint with the browns um i do think there's some promise there which uh overall it was really crazy and we wrote about this but you know we you know you don't think of it this way because there were some dark days in giants history but these last two seasons they did this franchise has never lost more games Back to back seasons, it really is. It's just yeah. you know, it, it it's been a tough, it's been a tough couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't made, they've made the playoffs once in seven years. That's nineteen seventies Giants yep. football. Yeah, I was not alive in the nineteen seventies, but I've heard that they 
I heard that there. That it was, was a great bad. time. You could smoke in elevators. <laughs> I think you could disco, do that in the disco. 90s. It was really, it was, it was really, it was good. It was absolutely. I was alive yeah. for seven of those yep. years and remember them fondly. Yep. So, all right. That's where we're going to leave you guys. Um, again, any five-star reviews are much appreciated. That Not to say that one-star reviews are not appreciated, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker, and anywhere else you find podcasts, you can find the Talk is Cheap podcast. I'm Ryan Dunleavy. I've been joined by Steve Politi. Stay with us on nj.com slash Giants all off-season for coverage of free agency, the NFL draft, and just about anything else that might happen Giants-related, including Eli Manning's future. Uh, thanks for joining us. 